Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. Now here is Pastor Scott Bloyer. Okay, if you know anything about this movie, it's about a family that books off and while they're there getting ready for their trip, they leave one of their kids behind. You know, um, if you've been around large families or done a lot of things where a lot of people are moving around, you know that sometimes you lose track of who's where and who's what and who's doing, you know, what things. And I mean, have you ever been in this situation? I, I like this story because I think it's funny, uh, but also because I kind of been in this situation. Um, my dad left my brother at a grocery store. It was awesome. Okay, I got to tell you. <laughs> It was awesome. We went together. There was about 12 of us. We went to a wrestling tournament. And so a bunch of guys loaded into my parents' station wagon. Um, You know, a station wagon is a minivan on steroids. And so um, we had this station wagon, and it was so old. I mean, they actually called it Noah's Ark because it carried all the animals. And so um, we had the suicide seat in the back, you know, which is the one that faces the back. If you don't know what that is, be quiet because you're too young. And so... um, but it was one of those things where you had to pop the back for the people to get into the suicide seat. Well, all of us got up. We got together. We went to go to breakfast. Uh, you know, we went to Safeway. We got the breakfast of champions. It's Gatorade and Pop-Tarts. And so, um, it, try it. Don't whine. Okay, so we went and got it, and we're sitting there, and we all load up in the car. And as we're loading up in the car to drive away, my dad starts to pull off. And I remember turning and looking out the window, and there is my brother Casey running along. <laughs> and I was just like thinking in my mind do I say anything? <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be honest. You know, and all of a sudden I turned around and my brother's running along. The two other guys that were supposed to be in the back seat with him are standing there just going. I, my dad just, I was like, uh, dad, you left uh, Casey and David. And, and, and my dad's like, oh, geez, you know, he shuts the car down and we go back and pick him up. I mean, it is such an amazing memory that I actually had a guy uh, contact me on Facebook not too long ago that was at that wrestling tournament with us. And he, very first thing, he's like, dude, wasn't it cool when your dad left us at Safeway? <laughs> it was just one of those memories that happens. You, you, you have something that goes on in your life and, and, uh, and, and you get left behind. You know what? Some of you are feeling left behind today. Some of you may be feeling left behind because of the Christmas season. Now, when I say left behind, I don't want you to understand. I'm not talking about a book series or a cheesy Christian movie, okay? I'm talking about physically, emotionally, spiritually. You feel left behind. You feel alone. See, one of the things about that movie was Kevin was all excited. He got left uh, home, but eventually it kind of sunk in that he was all alone. You know, s- movies are a great way to tell stories. That's the way we tell stories nowadays is, is, is movies. And, and we've chosen as a church to use these movies this Christmas season to talk about biblical things. And what I want you to understand is the movie Home Alone is not just a script. It's actually part of the Bible. See, Joseph and Mary left Jesus in Jerusalem, loaded up the camel, and left Joseph, uh, Jesus in Jerusalem. So as we walk through this, as we look at this story, I want you to understand that it's important for you to see that as we look at this story, it it really applies to us. It's something that we can walk away and say, okay, I get this. I understand this. So what I want you to do is in your program, there's an insert and it's got the the verses we're going to use on it. Also, there are Bibles on the seats if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. If you open up the Bible on the seat, it's uh, page 1015 and 1016. 
And I want you to be able to follow along with this. Now, I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to discuss some things about it, and then we're going to look at how it applies to our life. But as we read through this, I want you to really pay attention to some of the words that are used because it's important when we look at this. But, but let's read this story together. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. I'm reading from the New Living. It says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was with friends among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him. He was in the temple sitting among the religious teachers, discussing deep questions with them. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done, to, done this to us? Come on, let's just, that's a mom statement, isn't it? I can't believe you did this to me, right? Okay, sorry. I remember my mom saying that to me, right? So it comes, so why have you done this? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. You should have known that I'd be in my father's house. But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. So Jesus grew both in height and in wisdom. And he was loved by God and by all who knew him. I mean, there's a lot that's going on in here. And sometimes we just kind of skim over it and we bounce around. We don't really pick up some of the things that are happening. So I'm going to take a few minutes just to kind of unpack this, okay? Let's take a look at some of the things that are happening. First of all, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. There were actually three festivals that went on. If you were rich and had money, you would go to all three festivals. If you were poor, you, cho you chose the one you wanted to go to. Now, the Passover festival was the longest. It went between six and eight days. I'm talking, this was a party, right? <laughs> this was unlocked. We're taking the cooler. We're going to festival. So they all go to the festival, and they stayed there for a long time. Now, Jesus, being 12 years old, in their Hebrew tradition, was about to have his bar mitzvah, which meant... He was about to turn 13. He was becoming a man. He was going to study the word of God. He was going to study the law. So now we've got this young man who's coming of age. He's going to this festival with his parents. They're hanging out. And all of a sudden, they leave the festival. The celebration is over. And they started home to Nazareth. But I want you to notice what it says. If you have your insert, look what it says. It says, but Jesus stayed. Okay? Jesus made a conscious choice to stay. He didn't do it anything maliciously it wasn't like i'm gonna tick off mom and dad you remember that time they wouldn't let me borrow the camel <laughs> you know it wasn't one of those things he made the conscious choice to stay there because he was at church see one of the things that i was kind of walking through and wrestling with this is you know a lot of times we don't really hear about what happened between jesus's birth and when he turned 30 and started his ministry this is a glimpse of him as a young man and he knew who he was he knew that he was the son of god think about the excitement he had as he was leaving nazareth to go to the temple to be about where his dad god was to hang out he was excited he was ready to be at church Just thought I'd throw that out there, you know? And so as he stayed, his parents didn't miss him. Now, I've heard people say, oh, that's just horrible. What kind of mother was Mary? She left her son. Now, you got to understand, when they traveled like this, this was large families. Every ha family had probably six to eight kids. 
right? They were traveling with uncles and aunts and all of them in this big caravan from where they went. So if Jesus was with their, the cousins or with the cool uncle that had the brand new donkey, you know, they knew that they were going to hang out together. You know, so eventually he would show up. So they just thought, oh, he's hanging out with his cousins. I mean, you've been at family reunions. They're chaos, right? They're, it's just, especially if you've got a family with a lot of young kids, I started going in the corner. I'm like, find a happy place. Find a happy place, right? <laughs> it's just mass chaos. And so this is what's going on. So Mary and Joseph are, oh, it's not that big a deal. We're traveling. It wasn't until the evening. What happens at evening? Dinner time. Do 12-year-old boys miss meals? No. Now Mary realizes there's a problem. Jesus is not here, and he's hungry, right? My son is going through that growing stage. He's now taller than me, and it's one of those things that I understand. You know, we had this huge meal. Five minutes later, he's like, when are we eating again? It's like, I call him the pit. You know, it's the pit of food. It just happens, right? So that Jesus doesn't show up. Mary and Joseph start to get worried, so they start walking around their relatives and their friends. That's when they finally find out he's not there. Now, you've got to understand, they have traveled a day that means to go back and find them, they've got to travel another day. So two days travel, and they're only in the temple or in the in Jerusalem for a day looking for him. So three days Jesus has been on his own. Now that it doesn't say exactly where he's been the whole three days, but their assumption is that he was in the temple the whole time. Hanging out, enjoying himself. So they go back, it says three days later, they finally discovered him. He was in the temple sitting among the religious teachers, discussing deep questions with them. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. See, what we've got to wrap our minds around is church is not like church today. You know, most of us show up, there's one guy, stands up, talks, we all go, oh, amen, praise God, and then we walk out. See, their culture was you went into the temple, you did your religious duties, and then you went outside, and outside in the temple courts, there were religious leaders talking, and they had a discussion. And their discussion was about godly things, about spiritual things, about what it meant to be a follower. And, and, to walk. and so it was a discussion. It wasn't, you know, a, a seminar. It wasn't pick up the CD and walk away kind of thing, right? It was, we said, and so Jesus is in among these religious leaders. And the word amazed actually it translated means they were out of their mind excited about this young man. Out of their mind excited about this young man. But parents show up, son, what did you do? Why did you do this to us? Your mother and I have been frantic. It's, the frantic word means we were destroyed at losing you. Mary's heart was broken. Now, moms, come on, let's be honest. You lose a kid, you get frantic, right? You get that. I, I remember I, I, I lost my son in Walmart, and it was one of those things. I know, it's tough, but you know, I'm in, and, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I don't see him, and you know what happens, your heart rate kind of starts going up, you get that, that chest anxiety thing, and you're, you know, and if you notice your voice gets higher, the more you panic, it's like, hey, where'd he go, you know, and so you're, I'm walking around, I'm bouncing around, I'm looking, hey, have you seen my son, have you seen him, no, 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 you know, because I was really worried I was going to get in trouble with my wife, and so I'm running around, and I'm thinking, I can't find my son. I go back. Okay, where was he? I go back to the same place. While I'm sitting there, I hear this giggle from inside the clothing rack. I was hiding from you. <laughs> I said, Come here. Let me introduce you to Jesus so I can make sure you know him when I send you there. You know, it was just one of those things. Because, you know, you have that. For, so this is Mary and Joseph. Where have you been? What have you done? Now, Jesus, not being rude, not being, he looks at her and he says, why were you looking? Why were you looking? 
Should have known where it was. Should have known. Now, that's where I go back. Mary and Joseph, we've talked about this the last month, both were visited by angels of God. Twelve years later, they've forgotten. They've forgotten. I think a lot of us in this room have forgotten who Jesus is. We've forgotten at how he's brought us to this place. So Mary and Joseph are there. They're upset. And Jesus says, well, where else would I have been? I would be in my father's house. And it says they didn't understand it. But Jesus, being an obedient son, left with them. It says he grew in wisdom and stature. So you're all sitting there going, hey, this is a great story. That's awesome. What the heck does that do with us? What does that have to do with our life? Here's a couple of things I want you to think about. Uh, Mary and Joseph were going through their Passover celebration, right? They were going through the motions. They'd done this for the last 12 years, maybe all their life. If they grew up in the Hebrew culture, they went every time. They were going through the motions. question I have is, how many of you this month, as you went from Christmas service to family Christmas, are just going through the motions? How many of us, when it comes to being in church, are just going through the motions? How many of us decide to wait till 10 minutes after the service has started so we can show up because they haven't been singing the song you like and it's too loud? Huh? I mean, think about it. Going through the motions is not what God wants. For those of us that have come here and know God as our father, in a relationship with him, he doesn't want going through the motions. Maybe some of you are here for the first time and you are checking out what does it mean to be a part of a relationship with God or being involved in a church and you go, I don't know, I'm, this is new, I'm excited and I, I'm not going through the motions. You know what I would say to you? Good. Stay that way. Because Mary and Joseph were involved with God. I mean, think about it. An angel stood forward in front of Mary, said, you're going to have a baby. Went to, to Joseph, said, your wife, your fiance is going to have a baby. It's my son. Twelve years later, they've forgotten. They're going through the motions. Maybe your motions is you're just doing your own thing, just walking through life on your own. I don't need anybody. I don't need this. Maybe that's that. Maybe going through the motion is just being going, going through the ceremonies of being a follower of Christ. I go to church. I know when to stand up, sit down, kneel, fight, fight, fight. I know all those things, right? But it's not making any difference. It's not changing my heart, changing my life. See, I'll be honest with you. I struggle with this as a husband and a dad. I don't want my family to think that they're part of going through the motions. I don't. I don't want my wife to think that it's just life as usual with her. It's because I love her. Now, I got, I got to tell you something. I love God way more than I love my wife. And sometimes I give him going through the motions. I don't want my kids to think that they're part of my everyday thing, that I just go through the motions. I love my kids. I love God way more, but I end up going through the motions for him. See, part of the reason I do that with my wife and kids is I want them to realize that there is a God, a dad, a father, a man in their life that loves them way more than I ever could. I want my wife to be so excited about our relationship that she doesn't have to go and look somewhere else. See, you know what? God wants the same for our relationship with him. Look at what it says in Ecclesiastes 2.17. 
Solomon in his wisdom says, now I hate life because everything down, uh, done here under the sun is so irrational. Everything is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. But you understand, our everyday lives get to be monotonous and they, we get to go through the motions and we forget to see where God's at in the involvement. And then when that happens, God has an awa- amazing way of shaking us to our core. He has an awa- amazing way of shaking. Mary and Joseph were shaken to their core. They lost their son. They lost their son. Now, I'm one of those people that kind of tries to find the humor in this side of things. And as I was thinking about it, could you just see Mary along the road? And she goes, Jesus! Like the mother in there. Now, she says it not the way we normally say it. You know what I'm saying? But she said, she's like, we love Jesus! Now, if they did remember the conversation they had with the angel, wouldn't it be upsetting to think you lost the Son of God? What are you going to do with it? Sorry, God. I, he was there, and then he hid in a rack of clothes. I don't know, you know? Just those ideas, you know? I, I like to look through that, but they're so upset. But they were shaken. They went from family member to family. Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Can you see Mary's face? Moms, think about it. Dads, think about it. Brothers, sisters, think. No, I don't want to use that one. Some brothers are like, oops, you know? But the, the anxiety, the one, they were shaken. We lost our son, our firstborn. Let's go find him. I, the question I have, what area of your life has been shaken recently? Has it been someone walked in and said, I don't love you anymore, I'm walking away? Has it been, I'm sorry, but you know what? We're going to have to let you go. Maybe it's you're standing in the doctor's office and the doctor looks at you and says, It's cancer. I'll be honest with you, I love where our economy is right now. Many of you are sitting there going, hey, have you looked at my retirement lately? Exactly. I have. I know what's going on. And it takes us to the point where God is shaking us to our core. We've lost focus. Some of us look at our bank accounts and worry more about that than our kids that are walking away from Christ. Our relationships with our husbands and our wives. I love that we're in this place. Because God has a way of shaking this core. I love this verse. Hebrews 12, 27. It says this. This means that the things on earth will be shaken so that only eternal things will be left. See, what we have going on right now is temporary. My wife bought me a shirt a long time ago. I loved it. It said, life is not so short. It's that you're dead so long. I used to wear that. People walk up and go, that's, oh. You know, there's more to our life. There's more to eternity than what we think about. And when we start going through the motions and when we start just taking it for granted, God has a way of going here. I've got to wake you up. I've got to open your eyes. Mary and Joseph were shaken. So what do they do? They go to family member of the family. They begin to search. They begin to search. They begin to look for where Jesus is. I really believe because of where we're at in this time, in this age, that people, because of finances, because of relationships, because of addiction, are searching. And some of them don't really know what they're searching for. Maybe they're looking in relationships. Maybe they're looking at drugs. Maybe they're looking at alcohol. But they're searching for something. And Jesus is saying, I'm here. I'm here. 
Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love all who love me. Those who search for me will surely find me. John 5, 39 says, you search the scriptures because you believe they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. So many times as we go through the motions and as we get our our lives shaken to the core that we begin to search and usually our search is why God? We start to blame God. I love that one. I love that one. Usually what I want to tell people is go look in the mirror and say thank you. But it's God's fault that I bought that new car that I couldn't afford. See, God wants us to search. Mary and Joseph had to search They were searching all over the place. Where do they end up? They end up at church. They end up at the temple. Mary and Joseph are frantic. They've been shaken to the core. They've been searching. And where do they end up? They end up at church. You know what? I really, if I could go through here and ask each and every one of you, how did you show up here? Why are you here? At some point in time, there had to be a reason that you were searching for something. Some of you may be sitting here because you were alone at Christmas. And somewhere you heard that if you go to church, you might be a part of something. Some of you may be here because you used to go to church as a kid, but someone hurt your feelings and you got upset and you walked away. And now you're thinking, I need something. I need this. I need this for my kids. And you're searching. You end up at church. God has an amazing way of bringing us to a place where we've got to stand before him. See, Mary and Joseph were hunting all over the place. And remember, Jesus looked at him and he said, why were you searching? You should have known where I was. I mean, think about it. Why are you searching? What reasons have brought you to this place this morning? Jesus says it's because he's here. John 12, 32 says, and when I'm lifted up on the cross... I will draw everyone to myself. See, Mary and Joseph are frantic. They're upset. They come to church, and there they are standing face to face with the Son of God. They're standing there face to face with the Son of God. They end up there. See, what I want you to understand is I don't care how you've come here. I don't know who invited you. I don't know what opportunities or discouragement has got you to this place, but the reason you're here is to stand face to face with God. And when you come to that point, I want you to understand there's either yes or there's no. There's no maybe. Okay, there's no maybe. When I asked my wife to marry her, she didn't go, maybe. <laughs> right? If she did, I would have gone, <laughs> see ya. Right? Ladies, if I were to come and ask you to get married and I said, here's your engagement ring, but please don't wear it in front of other people, I want you to hide that. Most of you would have been like, no, back up, sucker, you know, <laughs> right? You wouldn't have done that, right? That's what a maybe is. You've got to come to the place. Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to shake you to your core. I'm going to put you in a place where you're searching. You're going to end up standing before me, and you're going to look at me face to face, and you've got to decide who I am. See, Mary and Joseph had been going through the motions for the last 12 years. I wonder in my mind if Jesus didn't do this for Mary and Joseph. His parents, he saw them going through the motions. Now, what I love is Jesus is standing in the church. He's talking to the religious leaders, right? And the religious leaders are out of their mind amazed at what this 12-year-old boy is saying. 
Let me ask you this. What if a 12-year-old boy was standing up here talking the way I am? Many of you would be like, I'm not. He, he's just a young man. He doesn't know how life is. He hasn't gone through what I've gone through, right? Isn't it amazing what we do to young people? That's why I like what I do. I work with middle school, high school, and college students. I love it. And they're standing there before some of you parents saying, God needs you to make a decision. See, there was a young man that I had took on this um, uh, retreat. It was for a, a ministry called Dare to Share. And part of it was Dare to Share. We would go into to shopping malls. And we would actually go and share our faith with people in the mall. Um, it was often hard for some of the people that went because they forgot that they were supposed to be sharing their faith and not shopping. <laughs> it was funny. It's like, praise Jesus. Oh, look, a sale. You know, and so I was with this young man, and we're walking through the mall, and I said, okay, we're going to share our faith. I'll do it first. I'll talk, because he was real shy. I'm like, we're going to talk to this group of guys, and I want you to stand here. You pray. We'll go through it. And I'm like, he's like, okay, okay. You know, he's eighth grader, you know, and so he's just, he's panicking. And all of a sudden, I get up there. I'm talking to these two guys, and they go, oh, that's great. Cool. We want to hear it from him. Now, I guarantee you, um, he was not excited about this comment. I turned around, and he's kind of doing the shaking thing, and I see him take the big, deep breath, and he steps in, and he starts sharing. And the guy looked at me. He goes, yeah, I believe that. Now, this young man got excited. He's like, this is awesome. I love this. Let's go. I said, why don't you take Tim over there? He can go with you. Come on, Tim. Whoa. You know, take up. I said, you got 45 minutes. Yeah, whatever. You know, go off. I come around the corner, and he's talking to these three uh, linemen from the University of Colorado. Huge dudes, right? And he's in the middle. And, you know, one of the guys, like, thank you, little man. That's so nice. You know, just doing this whole thing. And I'm like, this is awesome. I come around the corner. And I, there's this little old lady, and he's talking to her. She's crying. And I'm like, oh, this is good. Did he hurt her feelings? What did he do? You know, I started going through the dad thing. Ah, kill him. You know, and so the lady walks by. I go walk. I said, How, what did he say? She goes, nothing I hadn't heard before, but it was someone with passion that was telling me. Nothing I hadn't heard before. So we get done, and we go out to the vans. We're getting ready to leave, and I told him, I said, uh, you know, did you keep track of how many people you kind of talked to? He said, oh, yeah, Tim did it because I was talking. I was talking, you know. <laughs> Tim's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, so pulls out this little piece of paper, opens it up. 101 people in 45 minutes this young man had talked to. My question is, have you even talked to your neighbor? See, because we're going through the motions, God has taken us to a place where we end up at a church where we're part of a family, and we get to that place, and God says, you've got to make a decision. You have to stand before me face to face. See, that young man had seen that passion. That 12-year-old boy, Jesus, in the church was speaking with passion, blew these guys out of their mind. Mary and Joseph show up, and they go, Jesus, you hurt our feelings. We're so upset. And he goes, duh, did you not know where I would be? Yeah, one of your kids, hello, right? Jesus says, I'm here, face, come be with me. 1 Peter 4, 5 says, but just remember that they will have to face God who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. No matter what, you've got to come face to face with God. No matter what, and when it comes to your life, you may be here saying, this is the first time I'm checking this out. Hey, that's great. You may have been coming here for years. And just like Mary and Joseph, you've been going through the motions. 
God says, there's a reason you're here this morning. And he says, the reason is my son, Jesus, who died on the cross for you. Like so many times we get so caught up in the ceremony of things that we forget about the reason. You know, I made a joke on Christmas Eve that when I was in the mall, I would tell people, Merry Christmas. I don't say Happy Holidays. I say Merry Christmas. Why? Because it's Merry Christmas. You know? I don't say Happy Holidays. It's not like at Valentine's Day. I heard this comedian say this. It's not like at Valentine's Day, you don't say Happy Valentine's Day, and they go, oh, do you believe in love? Right? I say, Merry Christmas. And most of the time, these people would look at me and go, oh, Merry Christmas to you. Because they've been taught, you can't say that. You've got to say Happy Holidays. But if you say Merry Christmas to them, they can say Merry Christmas back. So I started making a point. You, my, you can ask my wife. I was, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Everybody's like, back up, dude. This is, I'm like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Best Buy, Merry Christmas. You know? Why? Because the reason is Jesus. We've forgotten the reason. Now, some of you are sitting there going, well, I'm not. Let me tell you why. The reason it's Jesus is because if you die right now without Jesus, you're without God for eternity. It's Jesus. He came on this earth to die for us. And I think as that young man went home with his family, he knew that the next time he was going to be there, it wouldn't be to teach, it would be to die. So, we're here today because we don't want you to feel alone. We don't want you to live life alone. We don't want you to go through those areas of life that have shaken you up alone. See, Jesus went home to church. He wasn't alone. So the question I have for you today is this. Why did you come looking for Jesus? Why did you come looking for Jesus? Why do you want to belong? I really believe that you came for a reason. I mean, I honestly believe there are some of you in here with a drug problem. You were drugged from the parking lot to church. I know it. Some of you guys are in here. It's like, yeah, that's right. They made me come. I'm here for Christmas with my family, and they made me come here. I understand that. I was that way too. But there was a point in time in my life at 21 years of age that I had to make a decision. I'd already tried the booze, I'd already tried women, and I had tried other things to replace Jesus, but there came a time in my life where I had to make a choice. This morning, some of you are here to make a choice. Some of you are here to reopen that life with Christ. But why did you come? I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their head. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.